It's James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snerdly, on 77 WABC, the crown jewel of American radio. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snerdly, is here. We're in the house. If you'd like to be part of today's program, 848-WABC is the number to call. That's one. I mean, you always have to say one for some people. One. 800-848-9222. Today is Tuesday. And those of you who attend to this show regularly know what that means. That means... That in mere moments, America's undocumented anchorman, star of media in every continent in the world, Mark Stein, will be joining us. And uh, yes, my friends, there is so much in the news to discuss today. Let's start off with this. You people have been spending a lot of money. You have been spending like there's no tomorrow. Consumer debt is at $15.6 trillion last year. An increase of $333 billion. Now, I wonder what could be causing people to spend so much money. Perhaps their home. Perhaps it's the economy. Perhaps debt. Because they're not working like they used to, despite all of these reports, that the economy is just going for booming. It's just booming out there. The Biden economy, why, best economy ever. Right, if you choose to believe it. There is a great story in the New York, well, not great, it's pathetic, actually, and sad. There's a very sad story. Very, very sad. In the New York Post today. Apparently some New York Post, and I have to give it to them. This is actually pretty creative. And I, and I, I tip my hat to you. It begins this way. Before I even do the headline, let's just go to the body of the story. It's been hell in Harlem. The backyard of accused soft on crime Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg. In the past few days alone, the storied neighborhood has seen a series of high-profile crimes, including an off-duty cop shot, a man pummeled and run over by a car, a brutal gang assault, and a city transit bus full of passengers hit by a stray bullet in broad daylight. And those crimes come on the heels of the shooting deaths of two young New York City Police Department cops in Harlem late last month. And the headline of this story is... D.A. Alvin Bragg's Harlem neighbors say they're terrified, terrified of local recent crime. The story continues, if I saw the D.A. in the street, I would slap him in the face, honestly. That's what one resident, Mildred Serrano, 59, who lives in Manhattanville houses, where off-duty cop Robert Manley was shot in the foot on Saturday. Crime is just getting worse and worse and worse. A lot of people with those horrible charges, including gun crimes, don't even get incarcerated and are out roaming free again. They need to stop allowing repeat offenders back on the street. Well, that's common sense, but who cares, miss? Your neighbor, Alvin Bragg, doesn't care. 
And the story goes on and on with reactions like that. And it is just amazingly clever and perhaps, again, a little bit sad that that story has to appear at all. But, hey, that's the... Now, my Twitter feed, Bo Snerdly, at Bo Snerdly, at Bo Snerdly, that's it. That's my Twitter name, at Bo Snerdly, S-N-E-R-D-L-E-Y, at Bo My Twitter feed has been blowing up today. I've never, this story has blown my Twitter feed up. Here is the story. It's from BizPack Review this morning. Unhinged Dem James Carville goes off on how he'd like to assault piece of S unvaccinated people. Now, Democrat strategist says the story James Carville vented and became unglued on his podcast last week, cursing out the unvaccinated, calling them a POS. You know what that means? A piece of... And then expressing that he wanted to punch them in the face and have immunity for doing so. He was speaking with journalist, and that's putting it kindly, Al Hunt. You know, I, I lived in Maryland and 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 uh, for a while, way, way, way back, for a minute. It was a hot minute. And I used to go to the YMCA, so I used to go to, the, to exercise, to go to the gym. And... Yes, the YMCA. No. I just went to the gym. Stop it. I went to the YMCA on Rhode Island Avenue. It's a big YMCA. And I used to see Al Hunt in there all the time. You know, Al Hunt. Anyway, that's who was with James Carville. It's called the Politics War Room with James Carville and Al Hunt. And um, Hunt stated that Biden would likely support any bill if it got, even if it would get shot down once it got to the Supreme Court because it's unconstitutional. And um, <clears throat> what Hunt was asking was why they thought Joe Biden hadn't passed a bill to block unvaccinated people from interstate travel. Get that. These two, Al Hunt and James Carville, believe that you, if you're not vaccinated, shouldn't be allowed to travel in between states of the United States of America, let alone internationally. So they were both saying how much they like that. And then Carville goes off. James Carville, serpent head, as Rush used to call him. I wish what they do is pass a law to make you immune from liability if you punch some unvaccinated person right in the face, which I'd really like to do. If you ask me, what's my first reaction to you? If you are not vaccinated, you don't have any medical reason not to be. You're a piece of stuff, okay? I just want to punch you in the G-damned face. That's the way... I look at these people. What did Al Hunt, seasoned, seasoned journalist, in quotes, of the Beltway, how did he respond? Agreed. 
So these are the people, by the way, these Democrats. Now, by the way, a note, Mary Madeline is a dear friend. I love her. And I've had a nice conversation or two with James Carville in my life. But still, this is what he said. Now, can you imagine what would be the action if President Trump said something like, I wish I could punch these people in their GD face. They're all pieces of SH. Do you remember the S-storm that they had when he talked about a certain nation, a, a certain third world nation, and kind of and used the S-word in there? And it was like World War III erupted. Here's James Carville, one of the Democrat Party's elder statesmen, saying that what he would like to do First, make him immune from liability because no Democrat likes to be held accountable for their criminal behavior. James Carville would be no difference even if this is just imaginary illegal behavior. So what he'd really like to do is first get immunity. Then, if you're not vaccinated, punch you in your GD face because you're a POS. Well, what do you think about that, folks? There's your Democrats for you. There your Democrats for you. Okay, enough of that. When we get back, ladies and gentlemen, pleased to have America's undocumented anchorman, the star of media in seven continents, and perhaps out of space as well, if they're listening from other galaxies, Mark Stein will join us. James Golden, a.k.a. Bobo Snerdly. Don't you dare go away. Bo knows politics and so much more. A true connection to real New York on 77 WABC. He's always mistakenly British. Teen Crumpets. Cheerio. But he's really a Canuck. Known on all seven continents. Oh, I know who you are. America's undocumented anchorman. He's a recording star and a TV star. Tuesdays, James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snerdly, presents Mark Stein. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, you have been waiting for one solid week. And I understand that there are rumors that Mark Stein will be asked to host this year's Oscar affairs in Hollywood, California. Any truth to that rumor, Mark? I certainly hope not. Have you seen these films? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I did see. I saw the one that's got all the big nominations, the dog thing. I saw that on Netflix. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I don't think that's where you would see it if it was a really big film. I think I, I miss the old days when they would show these things in Technicolor and you could sit there with thousands of other people instead of being socially distanced. Uh, that doesn't really work for even these lame Hollywood comedies. You know, when only twelve people are permitted into the theatre. Uh, the laughs are even less than they usually are. So I certainly don't want anything to do with that. I'd rather, you know, I'd rather they just uh, gave it to a hologram of Billy Crystal circa 1990. (laughs) They can do it with the hologram. And uh, 
because he's uh, uh, and and just and just uh, it doesn't mean it doesn't mean I love the way they used to claim that a billion people were watching the Oscars, right? And they don't do that now because in fact it's only you know. Uh, uh, 173 people, I think, and they're mostly, you know, relatives of the people nominated. So uh, nobody's interested in this. Uh, the award shows, also, uh, since you mentioned this, the award, nobody knows how to do awards shows now. So if you just play up, nobody wants the actors reading teleprompter because, funnily enough, the best actors can't read prompter. Really? Have you noticed that? No, they can't. So they just have that glassy-eyed thing uh, where they're, they're going, uh, man, uh, kind, humankind is never <laughs> so great than when we gather in the dark to watch Dude Where's My Car 12. <laughs> uh, they can't do it. They just can't do it. Oh, my goodness. Well, let's turn from that, from our version of Hollywood to over across the pond. And I suppose this is a really big week for all of you people who are subjects of the Commonwealth because it's a Jubilee week. Jubilee week. Yes, we're having a jubilee and and whatever the hell a jubilee is. I never understood. What is a jubilee? I'm not going to tell you. You guys checked out of that deal in 1776 and you don't get jubilees. <laughs> we don't want jubilees. We've got liberals here ruining everything else. It would just be one more thing for the liberals to ruin. Yeah, if that's we had true. one. That's true. I would want to I wouldn't want to see a Nancy Pelosi jubilee. Although at the Queen is the jubilees because the queen's celebrating uh 70 years on the throne and i do believe that's how long uh nancy pelosi has been speaker of the house it certainly feels like that now now the queen 70 which is remarkable i mean let us say i i think if history has me right is, hasn't she surpassed old elizabeth the one yet yeah, she's she's the uh, longest reigning monarch. Uh, I mean, it's a completely the way. If you think about it, when she acceded to the throne, which was seventy years ago on Sunday, in a tree in Kenya, she went to sleep a princess and woke up the following morning as queen, uh, because her father had died in the night. Uh, Harry Truman was in the White House. Joe Stalin was in the Kremlin. Chairman Mao was over there in China. I mean, the, the, the world is completely different, uh, and she's still there. So that, that is sobering because it gives you a sense of perspective. You know, you get excited because you're on the hamster reel of stuff that seems important and isn't going to be important six days later or six years later. And, and uh, it helps, I think, to have someone with a bit of perspective on this stuff. Now, I, in, in all seriousness, you know, her service, she and her sister, uh, during World War II, they were quite, to me, quite remarkable in World War II. They did not run. They did not flee somewhere where they would be safe. They were actually trying to help the victory movement and in places where they put themselves in harm's way. These are two, to me, uh, their, their performance during World War II was nothing short of remarkable. Well, the thing, the thing is, there was a lot of talk about them being, the whole royal family being evacuated to Canada. 
And they realized, you know, that that was not, uh, that would not be a good look. People would not want that. The Queen of the Netherlands wound up spending the war in uh, Ottawa, but that's because uh, the Germans marched in and occupied her country. And to go ahead of time would not have worked out. That would have been a very bad look on that family. Yeah, and besides, it was Canada. Who the hell wants to go to Canada? He would rather stay in bombed-out London than never. Um, <laughs> now, um, now, now, now. We, we've got a revolution going on there at the moment. <laughs> yes, uh, we do. Everybody, it's the first. Uh, they've, they've surrounded Justin Trudeau's castle with bouncy castles, as the Ottawa mayor is complaining. And it's the first bouncy castle revolution in the history of the world, where the guy in the castle is going to be taken out by fellas in bouncy castles. <laughs> i got to love it. Well, well, the Queen um, finally gave a nod to uh, to uh, to uh, her son. Uh, what's his name? The guy. The um, <laughs> I don't <you> know, remember. <laughs> oh yeah, Charlesy, Charlesy. Yeah, she gave a nod to Camilla Parker Bowles as Queen cons- Consort. Hmm. She said that you know when the time comes, when the time comes, if I after I turn 150 and I'm finally ready to depart hmm. to the next life. If 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 my son Charles is still here and this gal Camilla, I hope that you'll be nice to her as Queen Consort, and that she continues her. Now that is is that that's a big deal, isn't it? Well, people are presenting it as a big deal, but in fact, you know, that's just the way it is. When you have a king, uh, his wife is the Queen Consort. That's a fact of life. People, they didn't make her Princess of Wales after. Uh, Diana died because people attach that particular title to Diana. And that's, you know, uh, and that was a slightly different situation. Apart from anything else, uh, this woman was his mistress during most of his marriage to Diana. So it would it would have seemed kind of icky to give her after Diana died to give her the title. I mean, but uh, but, you know, a king is a a king's wife is a queen consort. You can't say, oh, we're only going to make her, you know, the 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 countess of uh, Scroggingham or whatever, because it would be uh, that would be like a I'll here I'll use a word I'll bet has never been used in the history of American radio. Okay. Uh, that would be like a morganatic marriage, which is the sort of thing in wacky places like the Balkans. You know, where you have these uh, slightly dodgy monarchs who, you know, marry, uh, you know, they marry their favorite showgirl or whatever. And 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 the Lord Chancellor of the kingdom says, oh, we can't make her queen. We're going to make her, you know, Duchess of the Electric Pussycat 27B Elm Street. So Morgan Attic. Morganatic. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and the thing is, consort is all a word that doesn't really exist out there. I mean, in the American context, I can't even, except when they say, you know, Hunter Biden consorts with hookers. It doesn't mean, <laughs> it doesn't mean it in the same way. I would hope not. Now, there's a story in the New York Times, Mark. I saw this story. I instantly thought of you. I, and it's, and the, the, the headline of the story is that climate change enters the therapy room. Ten years ago, ten years ago, psychologists proposed that a wide range of people would suffer anxiety and grief over climate. It's happening. People are now going to the therapy. They, the, the first story they cite was a woman 
thing who goes to Trader Joe's and feels a wave of guilt and shame that made her skin skin crawl because she was buying some nuts that came wrapped in plastic and thought Mm. about the climate implications of buying nuts in plastic. Yes. This is like pre-traumatic stress disorder. Um, the, The climate apocalypse hasn't yet happened but these people are already being driven bonkers by it. When this first came up, uh, the people to blame for this are the are these apocalyptic uh, global warm mongers who have inflicted this on people. I mean, it, it's apparent it it is to a certain extent a thing, but it's a thing because people have been traumatized by the so-called science. I mean, a lot of school kids. I mean, you know, if you, uh, if you look at Greta Thunberg, you want to say to her, look, it's, it's really not that bad. Why don't you have a nice cup of herbal tea and lie down in a darkened room for half an hour? You'll soon be feeling better. But, these, but, they, but Greta Thunberg and her generation have been taught that the planet is going to fry and everyone's going to die and, and the seawaters are going to rise up and, uh, and, and flood everywhere. The polar bears, do you remember that ad? Yes. They made where the polar bears were dropping from the skies. So a fellow was strolling up wherever it was, uh, Fifth Avenue, and a polar bear drops out of the sky and crushes a yellow cab. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, it's the Ubers that crush the yellow cab, but nobody saw that coming. They saw the polar bear coming. And the idea, it was, it was like an inversion of it's a wonderful life. It's a horrible life. Every time you buy a packet of plastic-wrapped peanuts, a polar bear drops from the skies onto the poor yellow cab driver. And, and, and if you say that to people, decade in, decade out, uh, the idea that it won't drive a few of them, you know, uh, to suicidal levels of stress is is uh, is unlikely. I mean, that's what it is. That's what it is. It, if you tell people we're all going to fry, then it's no wonder they're like this. Uh, so this you so woman. you don't suffer from what is called echo anxiety. No, I no, I don't at all. I tell you why. Uh, what I suffer from is the idea that the entirety of Western civilization is sliding off a cliff, and most citizens of Western <laughs> nations don't even notice it. So they're saying, "Oh, I'm, I'm I went to I bought I bought a packet of peanuts wrapped in plastic, and I feel so bad because the sea levels are going to rise up and destroy the Maldives in the in the year twenty one twenty. And the, the thing to say about it. You don't need to worry about that because on our present course uh, uh, America's not going to be here by 2120. We'll have gone off the cliff with a bazillion uh, dollars worth of debt and it'll be the Chinese running the world and you might as well be swallowed up by the oceans because it's a lot more peaceful of a way to go than being taken off to one of those Uyghur camps that they have in China. <laughs> oh my uh, goodness. That's the way to get over it. I love it. Okay, Mark, you said you mentioned earlier what's going on in Canada. We only have a few seconds left. I have to get your prediction because your prime minister up there is having a cow. He's still saying these are Confederate 
uh, 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 swastika flag waving lunatics that are basically Americanized and they're ruining Canada and this has to stop. Now these guys are at the Ambassador Bridge and traffic comes in they're saying, oh Canada, oh Canada, oh mm. Canada is going to have supply chain worries and, and they're never going to get over this output. I talked to a friend of mine, Mark, who is Canadian mm. and she was beside herself. She said, most of the people in Canada do not like this. We don't want this American-style protest up here, and we wish these people would stop. Meanwhile, they're adopting these protests in New Zealand and yeah. other places. Yeah. What do you think the final outcome of this is going to be? Well, we've already had quite a lot of good outcomes, because just in the 10 days they've been occupying Ottawa, God bless them, uh, <laughs> the the uh, Premier of Quebec, who was going to tax the unvaccinated in other words when you get when you pay your taxes in a couple of months if you're if you've had your fourth jab you'd pay the low tax and if you're unvaccinated you'd pay the high tax he he abandoned that after this the conservative party in canada got rid of their useless squishy hollow nothing man of a leader because he was all equivocal about backing the truckers and the premier of saskatchewan has just announced that he's uh, junking the whole COVID regime and coming out of it. So actually, if this is what it takes, I would love to see a trucker convoy in in Washington. The interesting thing here is that they did they did what the FBI did. They did the, all this agent provocateur. So they hired, you know, these dress-up guys to go into the crowd and wave, you know, the Confederate flag or pretend to be agents of Putin, as the CBC said up there. And and, and in fact, they've done a fantastic job uh, running food kitchens for the homeless, bouncy castles for the kid, uh, uh, for the kids. I'm all in favour of bouncy castle revolutions. It's a beautiful thing. It's a bouncy castles round the White House. Joe Biden is at the age where he'd like to play in them again. <laughs> exactly right, Mark Stein. As usual, what a pleasure in the tree. Where can people find you on TV, and where can they read your columns? And and by the way. It'll be time to plan for a cruise soon, and I know <laughs> when we start doing that, they can go to your website. So tell people how to get a hold of you, Mark. Uh, well, you can watch me at gbnews.uk every evening, and uh, you can uh, read me at steinonline.com, and that's Stein with a Y, as in why are we having to listen to some hoity-toity foreigner talk about morganatic marriage on a New York radio station. Thank you, Mark. A pleasure as always. Catch you next Tuesday. Thanks a lot, James. WABC Talk Radio 77, James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly. I so much love Mark Stein. We're back right after this. Don't go away. Entertaining and informative. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, is on the air. 77 WABC. Marvin Gaye, Marvelous Marvin. That brings us back here on WABC Talk Radio 77. Our princess of policy, Diana Mee, just sent me this story. Zoo hires impersonator helping monkeys get it on. A, a UK zoo, this would be British, United Kingdom Zoo, 
has called in the big guns to get its monkeys some sexual healing. They hired a Marvin Gaye impersonator singing Marvin Gaye's classic hits, including Let's Get It On, hoping that the musical foreplay will help monkeys get in the mood and result in a record number of baby monkeys being born later this year. And there is a picture of him, microphone in hand, belting it out, singing to the monkey. Diana put her own headline. You cannot make this stuff up. Yeah. You know, masks are still in the news, ladies and gentlemen. Can't make this up either. The National Teachers Union chief, Randy Weingarten, who is trying to indoctrinate your kids with this phony fact-checking site called, uh, called what is it, uh, a Fact Guard or something like that, News Guard. NewsGuard. There was a big expose in it in American Newswire the other week. Um, anyway, now Randy Weingarten, head of the AFT, is saying that mask mandate rollbacks should depend on the level of student vaccinations, on vaccination rates. That's how they should be lifted. Meanwhile, governors in four states across the country have decided, okay, enough of these masks. They're doing, they're, you know, we're going to get rid of them. Now, in Loudoun County, where the liberals have been fighting ever since Doug Youngkin was, uh, was elected governor, the head of the SS there, and they do have an SS, is the Loudoun County Public Schools Director of Safety and Security, the SS Safety and Security Director. Their SS Director, John Clark, has detailed steps to obtain warrants, arrest warrants, arrest warrants, should any student try to enter the school without wearing a mask. These people in the SS down there, the Loudoun County Public School SS, want students arrested if they set foot in a publicly funded school without wearing a mask, even though the governor has said that the governor of the elected, duly elected governor, has said this needs to be a decision left to parents. This is Loudoun County. They are in full open rebellion, and that's what Democrats do. They're not going to follow the law. You see, if they don't like a law, they simply ignore it. They have their little sanctuary cities. Okay, we're just going to break the law and do that. And then if if they don't like a law, they'll ignore it. And now they want your kids arrested in Loudoun County. I'm telling you, these these liberals with this mask thing, they are out of control. Out of control. Telephone time, Rich, where do we start? Good afternoon. Good afternoon, James. Let me just say 
that yes. if you cannot make it with Marvin Gaye on in the background, then there's definitely something wrong with you. Monkey onion, you ain't monkeying around <laughs> yeah, either. Exactly. <laughs> Let us begin this afternoon in Little Silver, New Jersey, and talk to Michael. Michael, welcome WABC Talk Radio 77. You're on with James Golden, a.k.a. Mr. Snurdly. What's on your mind? Hey, James. Uh, a little tough to follow, Mark Stein. Uh, one question. I continually hear the story from Alvin Bragg about how he was a young man and someone put a gun to his head and that was the enlightenment that he saw that uh, uh, criminals shouldn't be put in jail and there should be other ways of uh, changing their lives. Um, Isn't the natural reaction for someone to have experienced something like that would be almost like... uh, pulling a Charles Bronson wanting to, you know, if you, I don't know. uh, I I, I don't know. I will tell you this. Everybody for jaywalking. I will tell you this. I have had guns pulled on me at least three times in my life. And one, when I was a kid, this guy in a car pulled a gun on some of us coming from little league. The second time I was walking to work at WABC on 53rd street. And I was walking, I was maybe, uh, I don't know, maybe less than a block away from, from the station and just walking. And this was, I was doing the morning show at that point. And so this was before uh, dawn, right before dawn in the summer. The streets were horribly smelly. I remember that. And as I walked past this guy, he pulled out a gun and pointed it right in my forehead. And then he dropped it. And I was, and, and, at the time, I didn't even react because it happened so suddenly. And then when I got to work, I almost started shaking. I'm like, oh, my God, I could have been killed right then. But the story that, in, in, in reference that you told, the story that Alvin Bragg tells about having a gun put to his head and then having this, this epiphany that criminals shouldn't go to jail has never made sense to me, and it doesn't make sense to me now. It is just, well, how does one thing equal the other? And so he's now, because he had a gun pulled on him, soft on crime and wants to, of course, he rescinded the order that would have stopped his prosecutors from charging people with gun crimes in certain circumstances when they had guns. But none of this has ever made sense. Alvin Bragg does not make sense to me. What he wants for the city of New York doesn't make sense to me. And it doesn't make sense to his own neighbors up in Harlem. You see the story. They are petrified of the rising crime rates there. And none of this makes sense to any people that are law-abiding people that want to see criminals punished for their crimes and want to see and live in a safe society. Thank you so much for the call. We've got to go to a break. We're coming right back. More calls. Thank you, Bob Brown. Glad to hear the things are moving normally underground and on the rails. And, of course, if you're underground and you're on the subways, keep a distance away from the platforms. We're living in the times of Alvin Bragg. Crime is out of control. You know. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurley with you here on WABC. Remember, Cats at Night is next. Keep it right here. Rhonda in Indiana, what is on your mind this afternoon, my darling? Well, first of all, I just want to tell you, I love your bumper music. Okay. Past that. Thank you. I have. Yes, I really like it. I have been really fascinated by what's happening in Canada. And there are two things that stand out to me about these truckers. First of all, 
it reminds me that there is a nobility. I might even say a divine nobility in the working class. You know, the men and women who move things, haul things, build things, they do their work with little recognition and they make, they make things happen. But when they stand up to the arrogant elite who always underestimate them, that's when they change the world. That's number one. Number two, as I've been watching them, and we have a friend who's there, boots on the ground. He's been sending updates and stuff. And it just reminds me that while fear is contagious, courage is contagious too. And you can tell that. I love that. Because of the, isn't that so encouraging? You can tell it because of the way it's spreading literally around the world. So I thought, you know, if I'm going to be a carrier of something, I want it to be courage. Rhonda, so well said. Folks, Rhonda is a friend of mine. We became friends. I started reading her blog, and I just, her blog got me because it's about coffee. (laughs) But it's not about coffee, but it is. And so, Rhonda, tell people where they can get your blog and, and visit you. Oh, rondashrock.com. I would love to have them visit. It's like a little coffee shop in cyberspace. And I would love I would love to have your friends come visit, James. Thank you, Rhonda. Appreciate your call. Rich, where do we go next? Let's hit the Queens and say hi to Carol. Carol, welcome. WABC Talk Radio 77. Hi, good afternoon. Um, before I make my comment, I just wanted to tell you I absolutely adore your laugh. Now, the reason Thank you I so called, much, Carol. Oh, you're welcome. The reason I called, um, maybe I misheard, but the way I heard the uh, issue of, about um, people being afraid of the police and so forth, it wasn't the attorney. It was the mayor. And he uses uh-huh. that story to sort of dine out on more than once, you know. You know it's both of them. So it's both of them. Adams has his own stories. One of them we learned this week about him calling, in the past, calling New York police officers a bunch of crackers. But Adams has his own stories. By the way, there's some stories about Alvin, I mean about our mayor, Mayor Adams. He got busted not wearing a mask. So what almost every elected Democrat does. The picture's in the New York Post, I believe. And then there's a story about Mr. Adams, who now has decided that Fridays are going to be vegan Fridays in New York City public schools. Kids will have the option to opt out of a vegan meal and have whatever else is being served. But I just thought that was interesting. He's Mr. Vegan, and it turns out yesterday, or the, yeah, yesterday, there's a story about, well, you know, I sometimes eat fish. and da-da-da. Well, if you sometimes eat fish, you're not a vegan. You're a sometimes vegan, maybe. Okay, that's like saying, I, you know, I, I stopped smoking. I mean, yeah, I still have one every now and again, but I stopped smoking. No, you didn't stop smoking. You cut it down. That's like, I, you know, I'm, 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 I'm not gambling anymore, except on the Super Bowl and other things. Well, then you're still gambling. You can't be a vegan and eat fish, Mr. Mayor. So, I mean, this, this you know, the more, look, I, I want to be positive about Mayor Adams. I'm going to stop right there. I want to be positive, but I'm telling you it is becoming increasingly difficult with each passing day. Where do we go next, Rich? Let's head out to Pennsylvania and say hi to Mike. Hi, Mike. Welcome. WABC Talk Radio 77. What's on your mind? Well, it was on my mind mind eight years ago when the two cops got killed in Pepper Stuyvesant. 
Super Bowl is coming up. People should have their Super Bowl party. Shut off the TV. Have your family gathering. If you need action, have a drawing or something. But don't watch the Super Bowl. They they have, you know, cop haters doing a halftime show. And it's always been that way lately. Always a big protest over cops and all. And well, you know, Snoop Dogg said today that this is a dream come true for him. I was asked earlier in the week what I thought of Snoop Dogg on the halftime show. I will repeat my answer. The NFL has become a toilet. Why should anybody be surprised at what's in the toilet? Okay, that's what I want to say about that. Thank you for the call. I'll leave it up to people to decide whether they want to watch it or not. I'm not mad if anybody wants to watch it. This is America. We have freedom. But I love the point that you made. Where do we go next, Rich? We will go to Basking Ridge, New Jersey, and talk with Peter. Peter, welcome. WABC Talk Radio 77, James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurley. What's up? Hey, James. Uh, uh, a reporter asked Biden about the death toll of the COVID-19, and Biden used to carry a slip in his jacket. He no longer has that slip? Well, I don't know what happened with it, but here's the deal. The death toll with COVID-19 under Biden far exceeds the death toll under President Trump. Now, Joe Biden tried to blame President Trump for this disease, and I always was offended by that. There is one nation to blame for the spread of COVID around the world. That nation would be China. And by the way, if anyone's following what's going on in China with these Olympic Games, my goodness, this one is not going to help the Chinese image as the first Olympics that were held there in ages did. This one is, to me, a disaster because so many negative stories are coming out of China and what gives. But, you know, again, I'm not telling people to watch or don't watch. I could care less about the Olympics right now because China and NBC apparently is getting hosed with their coverage of it. And good for them. That's karma. Okay. Uh, But, you know, China, there's a lot going on with the relationship between China and the United States. And with this administration in power, very little of it is good, folks. China has a blue water navy. Don't forget that. China has been building up militarily, and now they are, in, they are growing closer and closer to Russia, and they are forming a real threat to the United States of America. We will be back tomorrow. Time's up here. In the meantime, I'd just like to remind you, That New York City is the greatest city in the world. And we live, fortunately enough, in the greatest nation humanity has ever witnessed. That would be the United States of America. God bless and protect each and every one of you and your families. James Golden, a.k.a. Mr. Snurley, and I will be back tomorrow. See you then. Bye.